Welcome back to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Frank. And today's episode is episode number 12, and we actually have a special guest with us, one of our friends, Teller, and he's going to be talking to us about his first cruise experience. Let's jump into it. So today we've got a fun opportunity to do an interview. So we've got Teller on the line. Teller lives in Denver, and we actually met through work. Um, as soon as we met, we actually we met when we were going on a trip. And uh, since then, we've become really good friends. We've gone on a couple of trips. One of them was a cruise. So today we wanted to get Teller's outside kind of thoughts and perspective on cruising. Teller, what, what, first, tell, tell our fans about you, a little bit about yourself, and what types of trips that you kind of did growing up. Yeah. Well, the great thing I love about uh, meeting meeting you in that first trip, that kind of two funny things is first, it's, you know, we have this travel group that travels across the country and thankfully we're blessed and have the means to do so. And that's really what still keeps us together. And secondly, that that, you know, one travel experience created this relationship between us. Now, you know, now I know Michael it's created this relationship between us that has become so much more than just a travel travel buddy relationship. I, yes, yeah, so I, I do live in Denver and Denver has plenty of adventures in it of itself. Growing up though, I definitely found the need to get out of Denver uh, more frequently than most. And more so than the types of trips that I took, I think, kind of the why behind it uh, is really important because um, as we talk about my cruise experience and what I'm looking for in, in a trip, it, it's important to know that when I started traveling, uh, it was primarily to Mexico. Our family had a setup down there where we met every March, the entire family, like 30, 40, 50 people. And at that point in time, travel was all about bringing people together. As I continued to grow, I did um, a couple years of mission work in Nicaragua. And in that mission work, travel to me became an opportunity for people-to-people relationships where you can get embedded in a culture, understand why people are the way they are, why cultures are the way that they are. And then you don't just leave that at the door. You don't just take that cultural knowledge with you, you bring it back and you use that to uh, impact your community positively, right? And so travel to me has always been about going on these adventures, whether it's Panama City or you know Athens, Greece, um, Colombia, Bogota, Colombia, like been to crazy places all around the world. And it's always been about culture and connecting directly with people. That's an awesome response. Teller is also single. I know you're not getting paid to to do this podcast, but uh he is <laughs> going on a Yeah, he is going on a cruise <laughs> November 1st and he's from Colorado. If you anyone listening knows a great lady out there, you know, you can always DM us and uh, that's his payment for this podcast his time, you know, maybe a future wife. That would be incredible. He's a great guy, great man of God. So, with that, um you know, every single person I meet, I always think of like, "Hey, you know, I would love to just get their, their perspective on a cruise. And so when I met you Teller, I was so excited to take someone who had a lot of travel experience and, you know, see kind of your face as you walk onto this ship and you love, I know you love planes, you love boats. 
uh, our first trip, you didn't really mention it directly, but we went on a houseboat. And I feel like that whole trip, I was like, oh, a houseboat is kind of close. I mean, it's probably as close <laughs> as you're going to get um, to, you know, being on a ship. And so, you know, Tell and I talked about, I think we found this deal kind of in the middle or towards the end of COVID. I think that Royal was just finishing up their mask policies. And so we found a really good deal. Uh, we went with a group. So Teller's sister came with us, uh, Michael, uh, his wife, Scotty, my fiance and myself. So there are six of us. Uh, the cruise was May 6th. So I remember it was like right after Cinco de Mayo. It was just a quick three night cruise on Independence of the Seas, which is part of the freedom class. It was a, I feel like it was a great size for kind of like your first one, you know, a little bit less crowded, a little bit less, um, you know, overwhelming probably. And we sailed from, from Port Canaveral. So this was your first cruise. Uh, what were your thoughts kind of leading up? Like what were some of those things before you got on? Like either, you know, you were nervous about something that you heard or just like preconceived notions that you had about cruising. <laughs> yeah. It's very entertaining to me because I almost pride myself in being open-minded, right? <laughs> and this is one of the things that I had just always prejudged, right? That <laughs> cruises were just filled with people, gorging themselves with food, drinking too much liquor, uh, just, uh, <laughs> just uh, you know, that the whole, there'd just be trash and towels lying all around the boat. And... In addition to that, right? So you, based off of my travel experience, right? A cruise kind of challenged my philosophy of travel because with a cruise, you certainly stop along the way, but you don't necessarily have a ton of time to get off the boat. At least the cruise that, that we went on, um, you didn't have a ton of time to get off the boat and just get far enough away from the port to really experience the culture. And so that just really challenged my uh, philosophy of travel. And for that reason, I was hesitant. Yeah. Um, Frank, really the reason that I agreed to go on a cruise <laughs> is because uh, I did it for you. I did it for you. <laughs> we we knew this. I mean, he's a really good friend. That's what I'm saying. He's single ladies. He would do it for the people he loves. He booked a cruise for me. He, he's got a couple more. We'll talk about that. But yeah, good good guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So overall, kind of pretty negative, pessimistic view of the thought of cruising. Um, challenged myself, decided, you know, I know Frank well enough. If, if he enjoys them, there might be something to it. Yeah. So you traveled to the port. So you live in Denver. You flew, uh, what was it? You flew the night before you flew on Cinco de Mayo or you were there a couple of days before um, the trip? Yeah. Uh, I think we flew maybe two or three days before. I have a buddy, I mean, best friend in the world um, from college. He, he lives uh, on Merritt Island, which is uh, really, really close to Port Canaveral. It's about probably 10 minutes. Um, if any of your listeners are like trying to find the setup near the port, the Merritt Island area is a really good place to look. And right south of the port is Cocoa Beach and Cocoa Village and just a ton of uh, great local restaurants. Um, you can take beers on the beach down there, which is <laughs> for is a that beer drinker. That's perfect. Is that really legal? Or are we really recommending this? Okay, cool. It right. is. It is. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's a part of the beach that is for beer and there's a part of the beach that's for dogs. Okay. And for whatever reason, they're not the same part, but 
yeah, so they have an open container down there. And so we spent a couple nights with Logan. Uh, my sister Grace and I spent a couple nights with Logan and uh, hung out in the area. Nice. So how was that process? So the, that next morning, so the day of the cruise, uh, May 6th, we got on. How was that process getting to the port? I think you probably Ubered because you were pretty close or someone picked you up. How was that process like getting to the port, dealing with the porters, getting on board? Do you remember like what, how, like, was it efficient? Did you feel like it was kind of like a pain in the neck? Like what was your thoughts on that? Yep. I, I don't remember a ton of about it, which makes me say that it was extremely efficient. I will say like getting there, I was just in awe of the thought that there's thousands of people descending on this ship right and somehow they're going to manage getting all of us out of our cars <laughs> you know get our luggage onto the boat luggage all the way to the room i mean it just i i don't remember the process but i was just in awe at the magnitude especially when you're looking at the boat just the physical magnitude of this operation uh, absolutely impressive yeah i think it's a good call out too because like michael and i've said this before um like on, you know, you go to a hotel, let's say you go to your place in Mexico that you love in Cancun, like people are showing up staggered, like every single day people are showing up and departing, but the biggest difference with the cruise, and I think that feeds into a little bit of that energy on day one is that everyone's starting their vacation on the same day. Like you don't even know these strangers that you're grabbing, you know, drinks with on at the bar and you're like, oh, we're all on vacation. We're all starting our vacation. It's not like there's someone sad who's getting their last drink before they go to the airport. No, like everyone is really just they're like, Hey, we're disconnecting. We're going on a vacation. We're all in it together kind of mentality, which is, it's a bit different. So you kind of, you brought up the room and getting the bags to the room, you know, going into that, what were your initial thoughts? Obviously it's a cabin. It's definitely, it was definitely bigger. I know it was bigger than our houseboat cabin. <laughs> how, how was, you know, what would you say? What did you think of the room? Obviously, you know, it's a smaller room, but what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. My, thought about travel is that like the best trips are not spent in in your room and for that reason yeah. we did an interior cabin that with, with zero intention of doing anything in the cabin but sleeping and bathing right my biggest concern <clears throat> having been on a couple smaller smaller boats you know like 50 foot boats right is that a lot of times in those situations, your shower is right on top of your toilet and just kind of the whole process of getting ready is a little non-conventional, right? So I was I was impressed that you have a fully enclosed shower and um, good bathroom set up. It was plenty big for two people. We actually, so there, you know, there's two beds that you can have apart or put together. We felt like just the whole room layout would work better if they were together. So that's what we did. And, uh, she, again, didn't spend a ton of time in the room, but the most important thing about a room anywhere you stay, whatever trip you take is that you can sleep really well and just wake up refreshed and probably being in an interior room. That was just perfect. Cause there is no, <laughs> there is no natural sunlight. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, we're going to, on an upcoming cruise, we're going to try a balcony just to get that experience. But for for the value there's just i don't know if anything can beat that interior room sweet so let's talk about kind of the places we went so we started like frank said we left out of port canaveral 
and then we sailed to both Perfect Day at Coco Cay and Nassau. What did you end up thinking of Coco Cay? So how would you compare it to people who've never been? And what what did you do during the day? And what was your favorite part of Coco Cay? Okay. My my favorite part was honestly just sitting on the beach. I, I think I had a book and probably tried to pretend to read it. But I was just in, <laughs> it was just so peaceful. The water is absolutely clear, just like a Caribbean or oasis. Uh, I love that Coco Cay, you really get to pick your adventure, right? There's the pool party. We did that for maybe 45 minutes. There's the beach time. Obviously, we didn't do the beach club, but that's something I'm interested in in a future cruise. Um, we, there's a water park there, I believe. We didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah>. next time. <laughs> Maybe next time. So, yeah, favorite part was just sitting on the beach. And again, just like from the images, I had this preconceived notion that it was going to be this island that was just overrun with people and trash and completely uncontrolled and it's just very pessimistic <laughs> very pessimistic <laughs> i'm not prejudiced i promise yeah no, it, just, it's okay. it just it just was it was amazing it was like you actually get to get off the the boat and enjoy being by the beach which was not something that i had written into into my preconceived notion and like you said, it really is a choose your own adventure because there's all different parts of the island that have all different vibes. And you really, like you said, get to choose what you want to do. And I think we ended up having lunch on the island and there's a snack shack. I know we had snacks from. So there's really everything you needed for the day there. So the next day we headed to Nassau. Um, I believe we stayed on the ship. I think it was an adjusted itinerary. So we ended up leaving a little bit earlier. Did you all end up staying on the ship for the day or did you all get off for a little? Or what did that day look like for you? I remember sitting, uh, having breakfast with uh, Frank, Scotty, and Grace. I think maybe the four of us. And you know, we're we're looking out, and I'm watching people walk what seems to be like a quarter to a half mile from the boat just to, just <laughs> to get to the port, right? And the and it's pouring rain, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, "There's no way I'm going on land." <laughs> and it was actually, it's actually in this moment that I, I think like the utility of cruising for me and, and for how I travel um, really got built into my travel philosophy. And that was that, that cruising at, at this juncture in my life is not going to be about going out and exploring the world. It's actually going to be more about doing something for myself to just completely disengage from whatever is happening right yeah and furthermore that principle of bringing community together right which was so important about how i traveled as a youngin is so true about cruising because we spent the entire day on the boat the uh six or eight of us and we just enjoyed each other's company and and that's um I think a pivotal, a pivotal concept that dawned on me as we made that decision not to go on land. Yeah. I got, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's nice that it is like a build your own adventure. Unfortunately, I feel like you would have enjoyed if the weather was great, getting to go on to another beach day or 
the snorkel, but it, the truth is a lot of ships dock at Nassau. So you're going to, I mean, in the next year, you're going to get to go there twice and you can do snorkeling. You can do, you know, just go to Atlantis and go to the casino. Like there's things you can do that are really fun there, but you didn't, I don't think you miss much just coming from someone who's docked there, you know, multiple times, you know, you, there's a lot of great things and I, they just actually revamped like the entire port area. So like, I know I'm excited yeah. about stepping off and just trying that there's like some new shops and things. But I think like to Teller's point, which I think we'll talk about later, but you know, the three night sailing is really just about, and a lot of people from Florida are, are utilizing this, like probably what, like 80% of our sailing was probably Florida folks that just hopped on for a quick weekend. Like, Hey, Friday, you know, get back Monday, you know, it's just like being at home and just having like a pool beach weekend. Um, but I think that's kind of what you're saying with the three night. It's just like maximum relaxation, just, you know, enjoy the time and, and just kind of kick back and unwind, you know? So let's move on to the ship itself. You know, we, like we said, we were sailing on independence of the seas. It's a freedom class ship. What do you end up thinking of the ship overall? You know, I think when we got on the ship, we walked right into the promenade area of the ship. What, what were your first thoughts the second you stepped in and kind of saw what was there? Words, words can't describe that. I mean, you have a literal build. I mean, you have a city. You have a city that's floating with all of the amenities of a city, you know, all of the excitement and action of a city. It just, yeah, you, I, I could not really put words to, to that <laughs> sensation. <laughs> it is I was about crazy. to say, yeah, because you walk into that promenade, like some of the promenades have like legit cars just sitting there in the middle of them. You got your pizza, you got your shops, you got the pub. You just got so much, like you said, in that area. You know, how how would you say the crowds felt kind of like in this area or like around the ships itself? Mm -hmm. The entire cruise, I never felt uh, that there was overcrowding in any area at any time, even when thousands of people are pouring onto the ship. I, I never felt like I didn't have enough space to do what I needed to do. And actually, I was I was most concerned about availability of finding places to hang out outside. And it just there's people are doing so many different things throughout the the life of the cruise that there's always chairs opening up. It's not like people are camping out and staying there all day. So I, I never felt a sense of overcrowding whatsoever the entire trip. So kind of going off of that, you said like trying to find places to do things. What what did you do throughout the cruise to kind of keep yourself entertained? Yeah, I think I think we did it all. <laughs> I think we did it all. Um, so we we definitely did all the all the shows. The Broadway show was Greece at the time. We did the uh, ice show, the promenade show, whatever whatever they call that. Obviously, we did our fair share of, of eating and drinking. The pub, particularly, was was just outstanding. We made About great an every night occurrence. <laughs> oh, that was an every night occurrence. Yeah, we <laughs> shut shut that place down. Shut that place down. Robbie, the uh, guitarist. There we go. Shout out to Robbie. <laughs> Oh, Shout we'll get there later Robbie. on. We, we got some questions <laughs> about that. <laughs> oh gosh, that, that's uh, going to be fun. <laughs> Moving to, so you said one of your preconceived notions is about food and all that and people just eating 24-7. What did you think of the food? Like, how did it compare to other resorts or trips you've been on? And and Teller is a foodie, so I'm excited to hear this because you, like, 
Teller's the guy where we go to like on a trip and he's like trying to figure out where caviar, where you can buy caviar from a store in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> like this is an actual, <laughs> like this We're in is, the mountains. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is, we could probably get some, you know, barbecue. We're in North Carolina, sir. <laughs> so Teller, yeah, there you go. That's the intro for you there. Yeah. I, the, the food was quality. It was prepared to precision. It was just perfectly seasoned. It was top notch. It was, it was top notch. I will, I didn't necessarily taste anything that I hadn't tried before, which when you go to Bogota, Colombia, and you're in a, you know, random remote village, you might end up with some fritanga and, and you're thinking to yourself, man, what, what the heck is this even? It tastes great, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> great. Um, so, you know, that I kind of measure, I measure the, my, 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 I measure my gastronomic experience in, in two ways. One is, is the food um, doing something unique or creative that should be appreciated or is the food just good as, as food and is it prepared correctly and is it high quality? And it just, it, it did totally blow my, uh, blow my mind how high the quality of the food on board was. Nice. And I think y'all ended up doing the four y'all did chops grill on night two and kind of diving into like the specialty dining experience. What did you think of chops and the steakhouse? Who that one is a hard one. So Frank uh, treated us to it because okay. he's, he said, you have to try this. It's going to be great. Well, this was your first cruise. Uh -oh. I wanted to make it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's where I'm hesitating to give it like the five star review is that all of the other food on board was was great. And I, I have no clue. It, it, it was unique in that you got away from people, right? As I said, I never felt crowded, but you got away from people. You mm -hmm. had an intimate dinner that was a lot more, uh, a, it was a, a much better setting to just converse and enjoy. A, we probably spent an hour and a half to two hours together. And so it was really good from that perspective, from a food perspective, it just, the food on board was already great. So there's nothing, there's nothing special in, in that regard. Um, but yeah, getting away from people and having kind of a more intimate experience was awesome. Nice. Nice. So you we kind of already hit on it. Drink package. We all had the drink package on this ship. At the end of the day, were you glad you paid for it? Yes. Yes. yes, we made full <laughs> full use of the drink package. Now, I the next one, the next one I'm doing, I'm not doing the drink package. Okay, and it's it's kind of just an experiment because uh, it might it might even out. It might prevent what happened on the last night of the cruise from happening again, which would be a good thing for all. I think involved. we should. I think we should just go ahead and tell the people. Yeah, let's tell the story. Let's talk about the pub and Robbie and. Never what happened? I mean, all I remember, okay, let me just tell it from my perspective. You, you went to bed. Because <laughs> I have the shortest perspective out there of us three of what happened at the pub that night. Scotty and I were having a great time. Robbie was jamming out on the guitar. I went to go grab every night on the pub. Grace was getting, was it gluten-free pizza? Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. she was getting her gluten-free pizza ordered. I got my slice of pizza. I'm like, yo, I know we're going to have to get on a plane or we're going to have to drive back. That's what it was. I had to drive back the next day. <laughs> 
And so I was like, I'm going to be good. So I'm going to go to bed. I think it was like probably like a re- a respectable 1230, you know, not too late, but not too early, you know? Oh, man. Um, I know that the last night everyone, you know, is thinking about having to pack their clothes and all that. So that was what was in my head. Let's talk about what was in y'all's head. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just wanted to, I don't know, we just didn't want the night to end. Tell her, take it away. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't want the night to end. And uh, Robbie, my guess is he's no longer with the cruise line. So <laughs> otherwise, this story might might do him in. <laughs> Robbie was uh, just killing it on the guitar. We got our Ed Sheeran, our uh, throwback music. I mean, just he's killing it. He's playing everything we're requesting. Uh, we're obviously respectably downing beers and after he had to sh- uh, close up shop i think at two probably and he just wasn't done having fun with us so we went down to the <laughs> we that day robbie the- was fired <laughs> <laughs> I- i'm pretty sure he was he was pissing some people off we went down to the uh to the casino and carried on the fun probably till what do you think michael three thirty four. I mean, they closed At least, around that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was about yeah. the time they were closed. Well, remember he bought us all tequila shots too, and we all had drink packages, but he was like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and we we were in very poor shape uh, walking off the boat the next morning, and that is that. That yeah. is that. <laughs> That's a good transition. So obviously the cruise, you made the most of the drink package. You know, the next morning – I mean, Teller and I don't get to see each other. So I remember walking off and, you know, give you a hug. You may not even remember that, but how was the experience of, you know, disembarking? If you remember it, was it, do you remember it being pretty easy? Like you were just kind of in your room and you were, you know, calling a taxi the next moment. Like, what was that experience like? No, there were foggy goggles on. There were foggy <laughs> goggles on. I don't, <laughs> Okay, we made, fair. we made it off and we were probably still drunk. So it was probably easy. Okay. All right, good. Well, I'm glad that you got the most of the drink package on your first cruise. I know we're kind of wrapping up. It's been a great, great interview. You know, what are your your final thoughts on overall, just on the cruise, on, you know, the cruise line, Royal Caribbean? Like, what are your kind of final thoughts? How do you feel like your first cruise went? Was it a success? It was a success. It was it was a success. Royal Caribbean, just, I am so impressed at, the operation that they run and just the service, if anything completely exceeded expectations, it was the service. You got these, these people that are making the entire cruise feel like an experience. You you don't have to think of anything. You don't have to uh, overthink anything. They're making the experience for you. And you got all types of people on that boat, right? You do got, you do have, the people that are gorging themselves on food. You have the college kids that are, you know, just drinking out of the bottle, right? And and these people that are there uh, serving on them give everyone the same attention, the same attention that uh, they deserve as a as a client of the cruise line. And whatever it like for that organization to have that much going on and to keep everything running in just to absolute precision is is incredible to me. I will be cruising again. I will be cruising again. And so, uh, Frank, you've been successful in that endeavor of getting me on the, on, on the cruise, on the cruise train. 
And I'm just really looking forward to the next experience with them. So wrapping up, you know, the cruise we did was a shorter three-night cruise. And kind of the next step for most people is a seven-day, like, week-long cruise. Is there any destination you would like to go cruise on in the future on a longer cruise? Yeah, so I think the utility of a cruise in in Europe is just, like, perfect, right? You In Europe, you want to see a lot of different types of locations that are each unique in their own way. And so Europe is certainly on the list. Alaska would be on the list. The Caribbean, I'm a little less excited for just because a lot of the Caribbean islands are are very similar. Um, So yeah, Europe, Europe, Alaska, y'all have also kind of opened my mind to the concept of maybe doing a river cruise at some point. And uh, that's something I, I definitely look into. Yeah. And you know, the nice thing with Europe and Alaska too, is like you said, these are really sought after destinations, but your port days are much longer than the Caribbean. Like you're at some of these ports for eight, 10, 12 hours. Uh, so like you said, you, you do get more time to get off the ship, maybe go a little more inland and go adventure and see more and experience more of the culture. Yeah, that would be the perfect balance between getting the the checking out by being on the ship and then also getting the more people-to-people cultural experience. Perfect. Well, Tyler, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, and thank for, you. Thanks for coming, <clears throat> for coming Yeah, for coming on here and talking about, you know, your cruising experience. I think a lot of people will enjoy this. We've got Michael and I still have more friends that we need to convince so we can just send this to them. <laughs> Also, I know that you're going to be excited going on your next cruise in November on Oasis, which is going to be even larger, even more things to do, even more shows. It's going to be awesome. And I think you're going to get the same kind of joy out of seeing Joe and some of our other friends that are coming on that cruise for the first time. Like I got that joy watching your face as you stepped on. It's even going to be even more escalated as this is like their first time going on like the largest ship in the world. Like there's no other ships of the Oasis class are like the largest ships in the world. So it's going to be just super cool for you to kind of put yourself in their shoes too and be like, could you imagine like how (laughs) overwhelmed they're feeling and how excited they are going into that? So again, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you kind of wanted to add before we wrap up? Any final thoughts on cruising and your excitement for the next couple of cruises you have planned? No, it's going to be a blast. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. You know, we really hope you enjoyed this interview today with Teller and really just hearing from him and some preconceived notions he had on cruising and how that switched after he cruised his first time. You know, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Cruise Conversations or some of our other social media platforms. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to DM us, send us an email at cruiseconversations at gmail.com. And until next time, have a great week. We'll see you next Wednesday.